Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> hello. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to hello, spring, hello. kind of. Yeah. Oh, hi. yes. The sun is shining oh. and I'm feeling good. Oh, that's so good. I was just realizing I'm like, it's spring, but then I'm looking at myself on our Zoom and I'm like, but I'm still wearing my Nordic winter woolens. Oh, I got oh. some spring trousers out today. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. So my yeah. dude reports that the good people of New York are shedding their clothes with uh, lightning speed. And now uh, the clothing is up to the upper thigh and... The alabaster legs that have not seen the sun for uh, five months are <laughs> sprouting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kicking off. <laughs> the summer nudity is kicking off in our neighborhood, apparently. Yeah, it is. Um, I was looking at my legs <laughs> this morning, actually, and thought they're a little bit too white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. It's that dilemma, isn't it? When to get the legs out and mm. you can't actually get them tanned until you get the legs out. That's a thing. So at some point you've got to bite the bullet and go for it. It's always an awkward spring. <laughs> it's it always is. awkward. Exactly. <laughs> but then I do have to say, guys, SPF. Yes. SPF. I was waiting for the uh, suntan <laughs> advice. I was going to say, <laughs> skid cancer. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, just use your SPF. I'm a huge fan, too, of like, you know, if you're like, oh, I don't need to use a daily moisturizer on my face with an SPF. I'm like, well, if you don't do it for the cancer, do it for the anti-aging effects. Yes. It's all you need is a good SPF. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. So how's your week been? Um, yeah, not bad. I think it's kind of flown by. The weather's getting brighter, which is great. Ah. Yeah, it's nice. Yesterday was like a summer's day in the garden. It was beautiful. Oh, nice. Beautiful. And yeah. it's beautiful that you do have a garden. I have seen a photo. Yes. Again, have not seen it in real life because we've never met in real life. <laughs> but I have seen a photo. Weird and one day not. I shall see your garden. <laughs> and not weird at all. <laughs> yes, one day you will see my garden. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, wonderful. Have there been any lovely uh, times out to dinner? Just living vicariously through you. No, but we are um, we are on a holiday week. So oh. we have got um, a couple of staycations coming up. And um, some dinners planned. Oh my gosh, wonderful. Are you excited? Yeah, I am, yes. Holiday starts yeah. today. Oh, beautiful. Okay, that sounds beautiful. Congratulations. Thank You've you. worked damn hard for that holiday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a tough, tough first quarter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a tough first quarter, I suppose that's what you could... And the four quarters before then. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, quite well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, oh and man. how the devil are you? Uh, good. I'm going to be heading back to New York on Wednesday and I'm Yay. perfectly excited. Super excited. Yes. Yes. Oh. So I'm pushing the last, last uh, amount of work. Lovers reunite. Oh, the lovers reunite. Although, you know, everybody knows in a relationship, you know, the long term relationship, you walk in the door and you're like, hi, sweetheart. And then you're like, oh, hi to the cats. And then you're like, did you pick up that thing? And like, why didn't you clean that? And like, why is the kitchen, you know, this sort of thing. But apparently, my dude has been apparently cleaning and cooking for my return. Very good. <gasps> what? Very good. Yes. He's a bit of a star chef now. It's that expectation thing, isn't it? Where you go like, oh, I haven't seen for ages. Can't wait to get back. It's going to be so oh. lovely. Oh. And the reality, like, so in your mind, there's this like, 
real movie playing <laughs> this rom-com yes. scene see oh, the scene yeah. some hot passion on entering the door oh hell and yeah. then you get home and the reality is uh somewhat different <laughs> oh it is it's all it it's hard not to get into the checklist sort of like so what are yeah. we gonna do what are we this that, what are we that so I agree with you, but, uh, you know, that is also within my control. Like, I have the ability to, you know, slow it down and say, hey, let's just spend some time. We, I don't need to dive into the daily details right away. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good reminder, actually. Yeah. Take it as it comes. Yeah. My, our friends, actually, so it was a big holiday in India. Happy Holy. And our friends were just on our WhatsApp group were reminding me about many years ago when we had this huge party for Holy, a bunch of our friends. We were young and stupid back then, but actually not much, not much stupider than now, just <laughs> a lot younger. Um, and they were reminding me of, I don't know, I think me and my dude were like overheard like with uh, sexy shenanigans. And so it was nice of them to remind me that like, yeah, we were once young and foolish and overheard shagging in the upstairs room. I'm like, oh, the memories. I did have that sort of energy once. <laughs> Bring on the foolishness and the overheard shagging. <laughs> oh, overheard shagging. Ah, oh, the days of yore. Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason why we can't go back to that. Well, yeah, yeah. go for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah. All right, Miss Relationship Correspondent, what do we have on the docket? Well, this week... So over the weekend, I did some uh, TV viewing that was very interesting. Mm. And um, there's a new program that has started in the UK, which is all about co-parenting. But not co-parenting as in you've been together and you divorce, as in uh -huh. looking for a partner to co-parent with. Uh, what? And apparently <laughs> this is like a real thing. What? And there are apps with 70,000 people Oh. In the UK, signed up to these in apps. In the UK alone? Yes. What? Okay, hold on. Are you looking for like a thruple? Like, are you looking for a... Wait, is this a sexual partner that you're inviting no. into your... Oh, okay. You're wait, just looking... <laughs> I know. <laughs> what? <laughs> you are, um, you're basically looking for somebody to co-parent with and share a child with, but not necessarily any romantic involvement. Oh, so you kind of skip the divorce bit. Yes, you skip the relationship and the divorce or the separation, oh my gosh, yes. and you just go straight to let's having a baby together and being oh, friends. Wow. Okay. Yes, this is a thing. Oh my gosh, this I is a thing. This. Apparently, okay. Was, All right, I was astounded. This is amazing. Okay, so what's going on in the show? <laughs> so, <laughs> so cool. So in the show, so anybody who is UK side, you can look it up. I think it's on Channel mm. Four. So in the show, they, they basically they've got a matchmate, no, a headhunter, I think, and a fertility expert. They're using science to try and match some of these co-parenting oh. couples up. And they, um, they send kind of the, in the first one that I watched, it's a bit of a series, that had, um, I think, three females. All, all three of them got to then have like a drink or dinner with three males. And then with a view that they would decide kind of who would be a good um, co-parent. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, this is really cool. And apparently it is a real thing. Oh, nice. Okay. So what are the benefits of going this route? What are they saying are the benefits? Well, I think, I guess what's quite interesting is that, is that it's obviously born out of some sort of demand, isn't it? Yeah. So the, the benefits are that you can have a child and still have that parent parental 
relationship with somebody. So you've still got that kind of you effectively sharing a child, aren't you? So you mm-hmm. haven't got 100% responsibility. Mm-hmm. I guess you're not, um, you know, because other options is a, as a female, you could go out and get a sperm donor, but then you've got mm. 100% um, responsibility, haven't you, for the child. So they haven't got another involvement, influence, you know, haven't got shared care. Mm-hmm. For a male, I would imagine, you know, they can't just go out and get pregnant the same way a female can. So this mm-hmm. probably is one of the only options unless they get somebody to agree to carry a baby oh. and then hand the baby over. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, but what was just really interesting for That's me really cool. is just around kind of, how relationships are developing because there's something in that isn't that around not having a traditional relationship and not producing a baby in a traditional kind of environment as it were Mm -hmm. there's something that's not worked out in past relationships which has Mm -hmm. led you to get into a certain stage in your life where you think you know I'm on the last chance saloon it's going to be now or never and this is my only option right I actually love this though because And I've even worked with folks even in the last week where the thing about having kids, like when somebody really wants kids and they bring this to their relationship, they're very shy about it. They feel kind of like, well, I kind of want kids one day, but I don't have to rush you. And kids are always like one of the biggest thing in the room, but yet a lot of people don't feel comfortable bringing that up in a relationship. Although we talk in our, on our podcast about how communication and putting mm. your cards on the table and saying, this is really important. And this is part of, you know, part of me is going to be having kids. Is but yeah. the beautiful thing is that rather than hiding the kid thing, you're bringing it right out front. And that's the value. And that's the purpose and the mission that you're leading with. There's an, a tremendous honesty about that. I love it. Because you you don't have to hide the fact that you want kids. You're going into a relationship that is built around your desire to have kids. I think it's incredible. And I get that. I get it. But you're not going in, you're not entering into the relationship to have a romantic relationship. Exactly. You're entering yeah. into it specifically to have a baby. Yeah. My question yeah. is, though, around the inability to have a relationship up to that point. Mm-hmm. So knowing that was what mm-hmm. you wanted. Yeah. What has happened before that? That means that you haven't had a successful relationship. Yeah. yeah. That was more kind of what was intriguing for me. It goes back to that same point that we discuss quite regularly. We're not taught to have relationships and we accept that things come and go, didn't really work out. We don't really look at some of the reasons why. Yeah. And then we end up, you know, 20, 30 years later, wanting desperately to have children and not being able to. Yeah. That was kind of more the thing for me that I took away from it. But I, I agree. It's great to have the independence, have the yes I can do kind of whatever I want and this is my way and I'm going to do it that way and I feel Mm -hmm. confident about what Mm -hmm. I'm doing Mm -hmm. I think there's just a few question marks for me oh indeed and I mean very obviously this is somebody who has tried to have a relationship where sort of the romance leads and stuff and where their desire to have a child is not welcomed or fostered or the way that they have communicated the desire has not been in a powerful way Mm. so as to get all the things that they want yeah, or the relationship is just broken down and then, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, thinking that they were going to end up, you know, having children and then the relationship's mm-hmm. broken down and that hasn't happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I shall definitely be watching the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got it on my Sky Plus. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, well, the thing is, is I'm like, I honor that. I celebrate that. That's a, yes. that's a great, to take that step, I think is phenomenal. I think, you know, 
the whole thing of trying to balance all the things, all your missions that you carry into a relationship, all the things that you want to achieve through a relationship and, and to, to foster and to build, um, you know, as relationship coaches, we do believe that you're able to communicate, you're able to communicate those such that you attract or look out for the people who can actually vibe with you on all the things on your bucket list. Mm. It sounds really hokey to say you can have everything. It's like, well, you know, a lot of the times we're limiting ourselves. And when we unconsciously go into relationship or dating, and we are already limiting ourselves, and we're already saying, well, that person can't give me everything. And so as a coach, we just we, we might get into that situation 10 years before then and say, okay, well, or what am I saying? Even at that, there's no, it's never too late to help people understand that they are powerful and beautiful. They bring so much to the table and they can yeah. actually have what they, everything that they want. Yeah. If they just get out from under all, you know, the negative messages that are keeping them small. Yeah. So get out of your own head and it's not too late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, keep us tuned if there's any interesting developments on that show. I will do. Very exciting. All right. So, yeah, that's warmed us up. That's warmed us up. Yeah, ready mm. for a, for our topic, which is less warm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, sounds good. I'm <laughs> I'm ready for a chilly hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> So this week we are talking about narcissism in relationships. Ooh-hoo. I'm so glad. I mean, you guys, this is not a this is not the fun topic. This is like the calculus of your math class. It's like not fun, but it's essential. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. We would I not love be that a description. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we did not talk about narcissism showing up in a relationship, we would not be good relationship coaches. So yeah. let's go. Where are we starting, Sarah? All right. Um, well, should we talk a bit about what it actually is? Because um, mm-hmm. I didn't really know what a narcissist was for yeah, quite yeah. a number of years. And then I yeah. worked with somebody who hit the penny dropped and I was like, yes, that's what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I couldn't really get it in my head because I'd never really seen it in real life. I couldn't really kind of get my head around what it was. I didn't, that didn't mean to say I didn't think it existed. I just mm. hadn't really witnessed it. And then as I say, I did have a boss who absolutely fits into this category. Mm, mm-hmm. So the Narcissistic Personality Disorder, or NPD for short, isn't the same as being self-confident or self-absorbed. So it is an actual um, mental health disorder. It's a condition mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we can characterize it. And I'm, I'm going to kind of share with you what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's the same as any disorder. So it's it can exist on a spectrum. So you may see mm-hmm. kind of varying degrees of behaviors showing up that would then help you to kind of understand whether you're in a relationship with somebody who's got narcissistic um, tendencies or have this disorder. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's fair to say, I don't know, Anna, is it fair to say that you would never be able to change a narcissist? They would need to go and work through some real mm-hmm. deep therapeutic work in order to mm-hmm. start to work with themselves on that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, it's there are some cases where it unfortunately, yeah. And with all the personality disorders, it's it's one of the hardest things to move the dial on in therapy. It's very, mm. very resistant to therapy. Yeah. But yeah. It certainly it is nothing that you can change as the partner of somebody with narcissistic traits or NPD. It, you cannot change that person. 
Mm. It has to come from some, from them, from the pain of their existence and experiencing difficulty in all spectrum of their relationships across their entire life. It's a pervasive yeah. disorder of, of engaging and relating with people that is not just their intimate relationship, it's their personal relationships and their family relationships and et cetera. But yes, very resistant to change, not impossible, but very hard. Yeah. So often when we're sharing things, we kind of say, you know, we often say you can't change anybody else, but you can influence mm. them. But I think maybe this is one of the areas where it's very difficult to yes. have any influence without having some sort of yes. intervention outside of the relationship. Yeah. So I think the important thing for somebody who is with a partner, a narcissist partner, is it's very important to be able to get out like that. <laughs> like the horror movie, like get out and not just get out, leave the relationship, but get out and actually know what's going on and actually mm. reclaim your ability. Because unfortunately, and we'll talk about it, but just the effect of of living in that sort of relationship, it crushes your sense of identity and sense of reality. Yeah. So the only the big thing you aim for is to try to get out above the water and breathe and regroup. Yeah. I'm sure that will become clear in a second. Shall I just share? Um, <laughs> yes, I, I do absolutely. have a vision, though, of somebody who's got kind of like a couple of inches of headroom in a water tank where yeah. there's like a couple of inches of air left. And yes. I'm kind of, I'm trying to get my nose <laughs> and my mouth just into that airspace. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. That That's is such a picture pa- yes. painted for me, Anna. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That is what the experience of being in a, in a relationship yeah. with a narcissist is, yeah. I am in a thriller movie right now. It is. So it, you know. <laughs> it is, I know. And I'm, I hate to be dramatic, but it can it, it feel that awful. It is yeah. really, really disorienting. And yeah, but tell us the symptoms. Tell us. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. So shall I just share? I've got just some criteria here, some things that you'll see. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so nine official criteria are grandiose sense of self-importance preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success power brilliance beauty or ideal love belief that they are special and unique and can only be understood by or should associate with other special and high status people Mm -hmm. a need for excessive admiration a sense of entitlement interpersonally exploitive behavior lack of empathy Envy of others or a belief that others are envious of them and demonstration of arrogant and hoity behaviours or attitudes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? it <laughs> Who doesn't want yeah. a bit of that in their life? <laughs> and you know, it's funny and you say these things and you're like, well, I could spot a narcissist. But the problem is, is it shows up in really subtle ways. So, yeah. I mean, there's just so many other criteria and those are sort of like some of the more sort of clinically diagnostic criteria but the things Mm. we also look for are constantly putting other people down constantly putting your partner down whittling away at other people's confidence and I think actually there's a few more things that you were going to mention there but um I mean it's actually a sad origin so that there's an empty shell or hole of emptiness inside a person with a narcissistic personality disorder and maybe two top theories of where this came from is is people were were either neglected in their childhood emotionally neglected or they were actually over put on a pedestal and a parent Mm. was like over lauding them and over you know uh deifying them hence the grandiose uh the grandiosity or sense of importance but it can be really subtle and and if you're in a relationship you tend to find that there's constant put downs and constant chiseling away at the self-esteem 
And then also, you know, re always turning the reality around and switching mm -hmm. the perspective so that it's always going to be, it's always going to feel like your fault and it's never their fault. And you'll never hear I'm sorry from this person. Yeah. And I think there's a lot about that, isn't there, which makes it then difficult for you to spot because mm -hmm. we can second guess ourselves, especially if somebody's quite skilled and um manipulative in the way that they do switch things around and change the story mm -hmm. and they can do it in such a way that you actually start to disbelieve yourself so you're like why well, don't know am I in the wrong and they're also very yes. very skilled at putting their position forward yes in a way that you think well I can't possibly doubt them because that actually sounds right yes that sounds like something that should be happening or yes I can see that and it's not until you step out of it as you say you get your kind mm -hmm. of head into that mm -hmm. airspace where you can still breathe that you realize actually there are a lot of other things going on that just yeah. aren't present there that should be oh for sure so you wouldn't ever be you wouldn't ever feel supported or like you're part no. of a team when you're no. in a relationship with a narcissist no, 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 no. And, and the pro, yeah. And I think, and there's Anna's like, run for your life. Yeah, run. No, and run I have to, I'm, I've literally said to people, get out, get out. And I'm not saying that you can't have a relationship with a narcissist. One of the most, yeah. you know, it's very interesting. If anybody is on TikTok, there's a lot of chatter about and information about narcissistic personality disorder. There's one gentleman who himself identifies as a narcissist and mm. he is in therapy and he is, it is fascinating, guys. If you want, if you're curious about whether you might be, because sometimes you don't know, you're like, is my partner a narcissist? Is this the reason why we're so dysfunctional? I feel so yeah. shitty about myself all the time. It's fascinating because he actually he actually tells you what he as a narcissist has done in a relationship to manipulate, turn situations around. And one of the big things is cheating. So lying and cheating is like one of the is a very, very common right. going on, right? But what they'll do is like if if you've got a gut instinct, right? Your gut says, I think they're cheating. I think they're having an affair. I think there's that message on his phone, those flowers, the fact that he wasn't there that time, whatever that may be. And I say, hey, but it can be she. There's, there's uh, you know, narcissism shows up everywhere. But what they'll do is they'll get angry. They'll throw it back on you, say it's your fault you don't trust. You've got the problem. You're paranoid, et cetera. And then they'll, and then it preys on your it preys on your vulnerability and we yeah. all have self-esteem issues, some mm -hmm. more than others. And it just erodes and erodes and erodes. And so we have a gut that's trying to scream out to say, no, I think this guy is trying to play me for a ride. Yeah. But then it just, we just become this like whittled down shell. And mm -hmm. it can take years to come out of a relationship like this in therapy to build yourself back again. Yeah. It sounds terrifying. But I think as you say, we're not saying here you can't have a relationship with somebody who is a narcissist and as well recognizing that there are various extremes so you know it's on a spectrum uh you may yeah. have these things may show up in varying degrees right we're never going to tell you to kind of what to do we're sharing some ideas around what might show up how these things might translate yeah. into your relationship and then what you can do about it yeah and you yeah. had some questions there that because again a lot of people are like Am I with a narcissist? I don't know. So you've got some questions that are helpful. Yeah, so we've got some things here about some examples really about how it might show up. Mm -hmm. So the first one is um, when you first meet them, they are charming as fuck. <laughs> so they will turn up 
and um, and they will be lovely. Mm. Um, so it's sometimes referred to as love bombing as well. So in the first mm. kind of few months in those flushes, and we've talked about the first flushes of romance and how it is really intensive, but they will be overly showering. So with affection mm. and and really creating that connection with you. Yeah, so when you first meet them, for them, it's going to be this real strong, intense feeling. So for them, they'll feel like it's, um, they, or they'll make you believe that it is just pure love right from the very beginning. Mm. And often mm. in relationships, particularly when we're not that self-confident or haven't got kind of a high self-esteem, we won't see that as a warning sign. We'll just see that as something oh. amazing. Here is the yeah. man of my dreams <sighs> I've been waiting mm. for. True love mm-hmm. really does exist. Like, you know, so we will welcome this with open arms. Oh, interesting. Yes. So the second thing that you'll notice is um, they hog the conversation and they'll talk about how great they are. Oh, yes. Okay. So something to consider really is just, um, you know, think about the conversations that have been happening. What happens when you start to talk about yourself? Um, You know, do they follow up? Do they ask questions? Do they express an interest? Are they keen to know about your day and about what's happened? Or is the conversation always centered around them? Does it always come Mm. back to them? Mm -hmm. You know, where is the shared interest in each other? And you may not even notice the imbalance because a lot of the time you might have a narcissistic parent, which you also might not have been aware of. And so you're conditioned to fluffing somebody's ego and being small for somebody else's grandiosity. So take a really good look and maybe even cross check with a therapist, a coach or a friend to say, are these conversations equal Mm. or is this really imbalanced where it's always about them? Yeah. And in relationships, you want to be looking for that equality around really all areas. And that doesn't mean to say that it's always going to be 50 50, Mm -hmm. because there are times when you need to indulge in more conversation um, because of something that's going on for your partner. Same Mm -hmm. way, vice versa. If you're going through something, there might be a lot more conversation about you at that moment in time or for a period of time. But we're looking at the, the relationship as a whole. Where does that balance lie? Yeah. And if it's actually that you never get any airspace or there's never any mm. interest or you could be leading a completely double life and they wouldn't even realize because they don't ask the question. Yeah. Yes. So there's, you know, really kind yeah. of think about that. Think about wh- how the conversation's flowing and what's happening. Ah, good point. So the next thing we've got is, um, so they will feed off your compliments. Mm. So the the narcissists themselves may seem super confident, but actually Mm -hmm. they're not. So they actually lack Mm self-esteem. So they need a lot of praise and they need you to give it to them in Mm -hmm. order to kind of keep themselves topped up. As Anna said before, they're an empty empty vessel, an empty shell inside. Mm -hmm. And everything that you give them, they are just topping themselves up regularly. And so they need that and they need that around them they surround Mm. themselves by other people who think that they're great and shower them with these compliments and that's kind of where you'll see them they'll just thrive I think in that environment yeah yeah they call that narcissistic supply and it it does actually Mm. feel quite like a parasite feeding (laughs) it sounds that's what I was thinking (laughs) yeah 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 it really is right Mm mm-hmm Yeah, so the narcissists themselves will punish everybody else around them for their lack of self-confidence. So you'll see the kind of, Mm. yeah, so they take it out in, and they do it in quite subtle ways as well, don't they? 
Yeah, it really is preying on people without a self-esteem. And, it, and there's another Dr. Raman who I'm going to put also start to link. She does an incredible series of YouTube videos. And, and one of her videos is like the five types of people who tend to attract narcissists. And it's a really, and you know, low self-esteem is like a really big mm. thing. Yeah, absolutely. So the next thing on the list is, um, so the lack empathy. Yeah. So they haven't yeah. got this ability to connect with other people at that feeling level. Yeah. They're just not able to, they haven't got the skills, they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. They're just not able to do that. That's a big one. Yeah. So the way, the way to look at whether this is showing up again, again, look at some of those conversations. Mm. How does your partner react if you say that you've had a terrible day at work or a fight um, with your best friend or something's happened with your parents that's come up? So do they kind of express an interest or are they uh, are they not interested? Can they not connect with your story? Can they not understand mm. what it's like to be in your shoes? That's where you'd see the lack of empathy really showing up. Yeah. Or do they get bored? when you start to express things that make you feel sad or annoyed um, in yeah. yourself, are they kind of just completely disconnected with that conversation? Because they don't even know how to connect. Oh, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Uh, the final thing on the list is that they don't have any or many long-term friends. Mm. So the narcissists don't really have any long-term real relationships. Mm-hmm. Dig deeper about some of the conversations that happen yeah. and you'll notice that actually they're all either casual acquaintances or buddies that they've connected with because they can use them to their own end or they're somebody who's a bit of a nemesis so they can kind of really feel like they've got that relationship with them as we said earlier they'll they'll surround themselves with people who really kind of big them up who can pay them the compliments who really kind of almost put them on a pedestal because that's what they need is to surround themselves by that so that they can make themselves Mm. feel better about their own inequalities that they're feeling inside oh so you might notice maybe a history of um oh that guy oh yeah i just we just fell out if there's sort of this history of falling out with a bunch of people or that if there are friends around, but you're right, that they've only been around for like a year or so. There's mm-hmm. no childhood friends per se, unless like the great ne- nemesis. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. The other thing that I've seen as well is that the the friendships that they do have are purely around work. Mm, yeah. So they don't have any social mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. So their, fr- their long-term friends will be business associates or colleagues that they've worked oh. with for a very long time. And mm-hmm. that's where the association is. And again, often they would be in a position of power and these the friends you know i'm saying in speech marks are subordinates um, yeah won't actually be real friends they'll be people who have worked for them or they've got some sort of network business relationship there hence why they are Mm. happy to carry on the relationship with a narcissist because there's something for them to gain from it they're not deep and meaningful um relationships where you would support each other or discuss things at a more empathetic level those connections just don't happen oh i see interesting okay that's a good one okay and if things have fallen out it's always the other person's fault yeah so other things that might show up when you're in a relationship with a um with a narcissist is they'll be constantly picking at you so nothing will ever oh, be good enough. Yes. Um, so they'll always be picking faults. They'll always be teasing you. But it'll be done in such a way that you kind of feel like it's friendly or banter. But yeah. it's that banter that's kind of tipped 
too far the other way but it's there constantly so it's kind of constantly coming up and it really starts to chip away at your own self-esteem and your own self-confidence so they'll use gaslighting as a form of manipulation and emotional abuse so you'll see that show up and they'll really kind of um dance around defining the relationship so they won't there'll always be kind of reasons for something or they'll say I don't want to label the relationship so that Mm. whole kind of commitment Mm. thing just kind of won't necessarily be there that you would Mm. normally see in a relationship and they just generally think that they're right about everything and as Anna pointed out earlier they never ever apologize yeah yeah (sighs) oh gosh so it's quite a list there isn't there that is quite a (laughs) list so yeah, and you hear all this. And again, the thing is, is this is again, not easy to spot. Don't feel like if you're feeling like you're in like a hurricane, and you cannot make sense, you're like, mm. maybe this is going on. But again, very subtle the, the work of a narcissist, like if you're an empty shell, and your whole life is built around trying to get, you know, your ego filled by other people, you're really good at what you do. You're very yeah. good. And it's very hard to spot. So yeah, I think you believe you have a few questions that can, you know, if you're in this relationship, your self-esteem is being eroded, right? Your sense of reality is being distorted. And that's what makes it very hard to see this. So there's a few questions I think you had that. Yeah. So there's some some things really to like, to bolster yourself, I think, to kind of really, I think the first thing is to ha- get some separation. Mm. Um, so get the space to be able to, mm. to get clarity for yourself. So as Anna said, when you're in it, it's all consuming you kind of don't really know it's a bit like there's a some sort of weird movie going on where you're not 100 percent certain what the plot is mm-hmm. and you can't really quite tell what's happening but something mm-hmm. will feel off so in your gut you will know that things don't feel right so i tune into some of that intuition mm-hmm. i th- think really look at the fact that you deserve to be in a much better place so if you're Mm. feeling off and you're recognizing some of the things that we're talking about whilst they can be subtle they can have a severe effect on you as a person so really look at some of the effects that are happening to you by being part of this relationship Mm. and Mm -hmm. and strengthen the relationships that you've got with other empathetic people so Mm. really find people who you can support yourself with that can be part of your support network Mm -hmm. you know you can urge your partner to go to therapy you can you know ask them to go and seek some help whether they will identify or, or feel like they can identify with something is another question and I think it depends on where they are in terms of that spectrum but mm-hmm. think about building up your own your own support network around you so that if mm-hmm. and when you do decide to make changes, you've got enough support there to be able to help you through because mm-hmm. they will pull you back. Yes. Yeah. And I, I would actually say, I think I have actually had conversations, introductory conversations with people where it becomes clear that they're dealing with a narcissist close in their life. That could be a boss, that could be a, rela- a partner, that could be a parent. And what I've found is that, you know, as a coach, we try to sort of, you know, we we know what's in our lane, but what's not in our lane is helping people sort out a relationship with a narcissist that is thoroughly in the lane of therapy. I would say one of the most empowering things that you can do, if there's any doubt, look up a therapist in your area. Thankfully, COVID, guess what? We've got a lot of virtual options now. A lot of folks are, you know, yeah. uh, you don't have to meet face to face. And look specifically for somebody who helps, who specializes uh, in narcissistic personality disorder, Mm. because this can be one of the most powerful things. 
The thing is, actually, oftentimes, if a narcissist goes to a therapist, and that, if that therapist is not adequately informed about NPD, the narcissist can game the therapist. Hmm. Either they'll game them and they'll charm them, or yeah. they will quickly discard the therapist be like, that person doesn't know what they're talking about, etc. So it's always nice to encourage your partner to go to therapy. But in this situation, it's almost always not going to be the thing that's going to be helpful. Yeah. You seeking your own therapy, which... And I love that you say, build your support of empathetic friends, yeah. because th what are those people doing? They're reflecting reality to you because you've probably lost your sense of reality. And they're helping yeah. to just bolster what is true. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think what I would say is, as we said earlier, you know, you can still be in a relationship mm. with a narcissist. You always have a choice. You have a choice in any relationship, mm. whether we stay mm -hmm. or whether we go. We mm -hmm. also have a choice about how other people make us feel. Mm. so that's always mm -hmm. a weird one people are like well no that's not right they made me feel that way but we do mm. have a choice so we have a choice about how we react and respond to anything that comes our way mm -hmm. so if your choice is to stay in the relationship then as well as the support network have lots of ways of reinforcing your own self-worth of mm -hmm. um understanding who you are of really boosting your emotional intelligence so that you're able to deal with things when they come your way because we mm -hmm. we get to decide what's true and what isn't for us mm -hmm. we get mm -hmm. to decide um the meaning that we place on on everything so nothing mm -hmm. has meaning mm -hmm. until we give it meaning so mm -hmm. we're in that position we've got that power within us so we do have some things that we can do to help right. us in that situation if it's something that we decide to live with and continue with yeah that's true um, I, there's a, a little bit of <laughs> like, like no, get leave. out, get out, get out. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the tough thing is though, is that if you truly like as coaches, we encourage people to stand in your own self power. And if you truly get to stand in your own self power, the narcissist will not be with you anymore. Like there, there is no compatibility mm. with a narcissist who has not sought their own help and sought their own insight. There's no compatibility with a strong person. Mm. Sorry to say. Yeah. Yeah. Being interesting on a watch. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But this is so important to bring up. And I love mm. some of the questions. See the, opti the optimism in me, though. Yeah. <laughs> the optimism in me is like, but things can always work. <laughs> yeah. And no, and I love that. And the thing is, look, and why not let that be your starting point to say, seek a therapist, get your circle of friends back, right? And again, remember, the narcissist has probably been like, oh, your mm. friends suck. Oh, your family sucks. Oh, this person sucks. Drop yeah. them. So again, you're probably reigniting yeah. relationships with people that your partner has really like put down. You gather that good, strong forest yeah. of oak trees around you and get a good therapist, maybe a coach. I think we can help in some respects. But um, again, this is a this is a yeah. therapy lane. And then just become strong and be like, yeah, I'm just going to strengthen our relationship by becoming strong myself. And hey, see what happens. Yeah. Right? Who knows? Step yeah. into your power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. Ooh, good times. That was spicy. So that was an interesting topic this week. <laughs> it was a big one. Oh, we I knew it like was going to be. we all learned a lot. I've learned a lot for sure. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I, yeah. Hopefully I, the listeners have too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So ready for a question yes let's go for it okay yeah <laughs> so the question this week is my partner doesn't find me attractive anymore and i'm devastated oh no oh gosh okay 
All right, let's dive in. I'm shedding a tear here. How about you? Listen, (laughs) I felt this before. I mean, I know what this feels like. You do too. I know. I'm shedding a tear because I'm feeling for this person and I'm also remembering what this feels like. Well, I would say it feels like shit, actually. So I remember when it did happen to me. And the worst thing was, I got sent the most horrendous message. I'm going to tell you the story and I can't even believe that I, that I stuck with this relationship. Oh, okay. I got sent the most horrendous message that explained why this person was no longer attracted to me. Uh, who I was in a relationship with at the time. Oh my God. And I still stayed with them. And I look back now and I just think, what was wrong with you? Oh. Like, why did you stay with them? Oh. And I understand at the time there were lots of other things going on and I really kind of felt like definitely loved each other. And if you just work hard enough, things will sort themselves oh, out. Gosh, like, gosh. I definitely kind of had that view and that mindset that there's nothing that can't be fixed. Yeah, but it's just, it's awful, really. Oh. And even though when I look back, actually, the things that this person said weren't really true either. So they weren't really justified. They weren't warranted. It was still awful. Wow. It is awful. And when I look back, it still feels awful. Yes. But now I've had some time, I kind of think, well, you just weren't a nice person saying those things. Yeah. And I don't want to be with somebody that's not nice. So it's good the relationship ended eventually. Right, right. But not without taking a big chunk of your self-esteem. Well, only for a little while. Ah, yeah, yeah. Well, do you know what? It was a short period and I, you know... I was watching something the other day and it said that the terrible moments in your life generally won't last longer than three months. Mm. And that's a generalization. So Mm. there are things that last longer than that. You know, we have kind of ill health and things like that to contend with. But Mm -hmm. these moments that come along that that feel so um, gigantic at the time, Mm. when you look back in history, they are only ever brief moments in time and they do shape you and they make you and they create the person that you end up being yeah so I don't look back and think I definitely see it as something like a learning experience I see it as something whilst it was painful at the time it does shape you and and does make you a stronger better person right right no that's very very true and never again would I put up with that ah very true very true so you Mm. had somebody expressing to you like this is what i find unattractive bullshit but it is what it is um but i think that i feel that this person's question they didn't hear that their partner no longer finds them attractive they feel that their partner no longer finds them attractive yeah i have a feeling that they have never heard this from their partner they're just feeling and interpreting yeah i'm sensing that as well I really sense that this person hasn't really asked. I feel like there are some massive assumptions going on. I feel like there's something for this person that has changed and they are judging how their partner is then interpreting that change Mm -hmm. or even that their partner has noticed. Yeah. So whatever it is that's changed for this person, their partner might not have even noticed. It might not be a big deal to them. Right. But it feels like it's something that's big for the person who is asking the question. True. But the other thing that comes up is when when your partner is 
uh, not expressing sexual interest in you when they're making excuses and saying, oh, not tonight. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, I've got a lot of work. Yeah. And you find that your uh, frequency of intimacy starts to drop off. Uh, your partner is not initiating. You start having sex like every week, then every two weeks, four weeks, two months, six months, a year goes by. Yeah. And maybe you just have sex on anniversaries. <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah. I think is where this question is coming from is, is my partner is no longer interested in me. We are not having any intimacy and yeah, it is devastating. Yeah. And I can get that. I can get why that place would feel quite devastating. Yeah. Yeah. But the question then is what do you do in that situation? Ah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So a lot of the time the answer never comes like this person's asking this question to us because they have not received answers from their partner. They've tried and tried. What's wrong? What is it about me? What is it about like, you know, is it weight gain? Is it change of appearance? Is it I've had a kid? Is it all of these things that you kind of imagine in yourself that are wrong and possibly my partner, just like you're saying, right? You're scrolling through the list of possibilities that of why your partner doesn't find you attractive. Mm. Anything from your appearance to your behavior to a whatever, but it's always your fault. You're always thinking, oh gosh, it's something about me. Yeah. But you're not getting any answers from your relationship. So you're left to wonder. But instead of wondering, we've got a few options, haven't we, in this mm. situation. So rather than sitting there letting the little gremlins multiply mm. and spout off all these things that are wrong, yeah. let's turn off the water supply for the gremlins, stop them from <laughs> multiplying yeah. and just take a moment yeah. because, <laughs> yeah. you know, we've got a few options here. So the first one is we can ask our partner outright. We can say, look, you know, I realise this is a really delicate um, topic, mm. but, you know, I'm just wondering, do you still find me attractive? Like, I recognize some things have changed, um, mm. but, you know, is that attraction still there? Mm. And it's having that conversation. So that's one thing. We know that's a real difficult conversation to have. Mm -hmm. We know that we could potentially feel hurt by the answer. Yeah. And we know that we need to almost like armor up, I guess, before we go in, you know, really dig deep about mm. what the, some of the answers might be that come back mm -hmm. to try and feel comfortable. You know, you can play a kind of worst case scenario, um, mm. but mm. don't spend too long in this phase of really kind of, you know, looking at all the permutations. Right, Just right. kind of say, right, okay, what would be the five outcomes that could happen from this conversation? And oh. then prepare yourself for those potential five answers. Oh, so that would yeah. be one thing I yeah. would say. The other thing is to actually look at yourself. So why is it that you are questioning that your partner finds you attractive? Mm. What is it that you think is causing the the loss of attraction? List a few things and then look at those lists and say, well, which ones am I bothered about? Mm. Which ones are actually my concern? Because mm. often we can mirror these things back that our concerns, but we're labeling it as something that we think somebody else is thinking about us. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And then that weakens our position. And then that makes us, that takes the gold sparkle off of us. And then we become a lesser version. We become less attractive because we mm. are sort of internalizing these false messages. Yeah. Yeah. But, and it's looking at them, well, actually, which ones are really true? Like, which ones have the strongest energy for me? Which ones are really causing that kind of, oh, I feel kind of, you know, I feel that kind of finger in my ribs or mm. I feel uncomfortable mm. about them. So mm -hmm. which ones, um, you know, and if there is one, that's particularly where you think like, 
you know, is it kind of locked a bit of lockdown weight? Like, is that what's kind of mm. tipping me over the edge? Well, you know, picking the one that's got the most energy around it. Well, what can I do about that? Is there anything I could do about it? Do I mm. want to do something about mm. it? If I'm feeling uncomfortable about it, I probably do. Mm. So, right, okay, well, where could I get some help or support to be able to deal with that issue? Yeah. Or what would be one small thing that I could do? So really kind of start to... As soon as we can kind of take something into our control and we can take small steps, then it becomes less of a thing. It becomes less of an issue. And then we start to get a bit more buoyant about it, which means that naturally we're more attractive to others because attraction isn't just physical. It comes in lots of shapes and forms, right? So it's about the conversations that we have. It's about how happy we are how we interact with other people how do we make other people feel all of those things form attraction the passion that we have for work the passion that we have for our volunteering for our parenting for our creativity yeah when we throw ourselves into our passions and we be, we make our lives full this is both feeding us as well as amping up our attractiveness mm-hmm. yeah Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And the final thing that we can do, like we can do in anything at all, is to accept the situation. Mm -hmm. And we just say, okay, well, I accept that this is the situation. If I do nothing, then I accept that I'm going to live with it for now. It may be that you're not ready to do anything. It may be you're not ready to have conversation. That's okay too. But whilst I'm accepting it, what can I do to try and make myself feel better? How do I stop the gremlins from multiplying? Because that's an unhealthy state of acceptance. So how do I accept it, but with Mm. some peace? I love that. An an unhealthy state of acceptance. It is true. So an unhealthy state of acceptance, I love that you say that, is you constantly fretting and staying up nights being like, my partner's not attracted to me. This is all the things that are wrong about me. I wish it was like we were before. What has changed? That's an unhealthy state of acceptance. Whereas a healthy state might be like, Matt, something's going on with that guy with or that girl with their attraction. And I'm just going to kind of go on and live my life powerfully. And I'm, I choose to stay in this relationship because right now there's the other options I choose not to engage. So I'm going to keep working, leaning into our relationship, but I'm also going to lean into life and I'm not going to make this the singular focus of my life. I'm going to diversify and I'm just going to throw myself into the, all, all the other things that are meaningful for me. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we should have a big, like, <laughs> Ra, woohoo! A big power cheer yeah, now. Yay, yeah, woohoo! Yeah. Right on. Yeah, woo! <laughs> go, girl. You go, girl. <laughs> woo! Yeah, I, so one of the things that I'm writing, and I was. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> okay, for everyone who can't see, Sarah is like dancing up a storm right now. Yeah. Sweet. I am indeed. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know why you call that little sassy clip thing. Oh, what is the sassy clip? Hey, girl. What's it called? Yeah, it's got a name. Know. I, it yeah. might, it might, I have no idea, but like, you go girl. Yeah. I'm sure it's got a name. Yeah. Totally, totally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. There's so many people suffering silently like this. And um, yeah, my particular interest is in in women who find that their male partner is no longer interested in them. And they've tried to ask mm. and what's wrong. And they're like, yeah, I still find you attractive. And that's all they ever get. But they feel they're like, but you're not, I do not feel the passion from you anymore. Um, it's a huge <laughs> professional passion of mine. And I am writing a book. And so it'll come out shortly. But yeah, for all those women who are well, suffering in silence. To that. Yes. But I, I love what you're saying yeah. is like, be powerful in your choice. 
choose powerful options yeah. for yourself. Powerful acceptance. Yeah. But pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Ah, oh. so true. Yeah, so true. Right, I think like we should go on some sort of uh, pro healthy relationship march now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Bring yeah. in love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah, very much oh. so. Anna and I yeah. get very passionate about these subjects. Yeah, especially, you know, and, and I love that you always bring it back to you have a choice on how to feel. Somebody can't make mm. you feel undesirable. Yeah. You have your own wellspring inside of you that will tell you everything you need to hear, which is you're gorgeous. You are full of life. Yeah. You're full of energy. You're full of passion and beauty and all the good things. Yeah. And love. Beautiful. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's just so many opportunities in life. Your work, your family, your other friendships, your relationships, your volunteering, your spirituality, your religion. There's so many other corners in your life that are just waiting for you to come in and share your beauty. So if you find your mm. relationship is for some reason not validating the beauty that you are, lean into all our areas of your life and keep sparkling. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Well said. Yeah. Right. Well, Ooh. quite an episode this week. <laughs> this has been the rah-rah episode, I feel. Yep. This has been the go-girl episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, when I'm going through like the shit of a relationship, because, you know, whether it's narcissist in my life or whether it's not feeling attractive, I've been there. I've been on the receiving end. And I mm -hmm. would just have loved a little voice in my ear, which would be a, a podcast like this to say, yeah. you are beautiful. You are just fine. And you will make yeah. it out. You will. So I hope that's made been that little voice in the ear for people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're always here. Yeah, we are always here every week, guys. We don't even take vacation because this is a project of passion. <laughs> it is. Well, we're on vacation and we still record. That's the thing. You're on vacation. You're like, I'm still recording. This is my life's I'm work. Still here. You're still here. Hello. But oh. as soon as you get off our recording, what on earth are you going to do? And what, how are you going to spend the week, the staycation? Yeah, so we've got a couple of um, little hotel stays planned, some Ooh. nice lunches, and... We did say we might have to get a couple of little bottles in to oh, celebrate with. <laughs> sweet. So, yeah, no one just, the weather's supposed to be glorious this week. So oh. just enjoying life. Oh, That's what I plan to do. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Well, I hope you have a lovely staycation. Thank you. Thank you. Relax. Enjoy the warmth. I will do. And um, safe drives back home. Oh, um, yeah. Just as usual, make sure you message me when you get back. Oh, thanks, Mom. <laughs> make sure everything's okay. Yeah. Because otherwise I'm going to be worrying. Oh. It's a long drive. Take breaks. Make sure you've had a good night's sleep beforehand, okay? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Mama's Mama Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I feel great. Thank you so much. I feel so much love. That's awesome. I will take oh, your good wishes good. with me on my journey. Yeah. Okay. Drive carefully. Yeah. Alrighty, so that's it then for another week. Till oh, next time. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah. Bye. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one -on -one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, 
how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time. <laughs>